0: 1000
1: Better
0: Stories. stories. Welcome to 1000 Better Stories, the Scottish Communities Climate Action Network's podcast, sharing stories of community led climate action in Scotland to help us all imagine a better and fairer future beyond the new normal and transform what we think is possible. Hi, I'm Kashka and I'm Joanna and we scan, scan Story, story Weavers. Weavers. So today uh, we're mixing it up a little bit and both of us are on air uh, because we thought it would be nice to have a chat about the story from one, one of our um, uh, mini grant recipients, Maria. And I wanted to chat to uh, Joanna about general context for this because it's um, the field that she's been working in maybe you could introduce yourself Jana a bit more and your interest in working with climate anxiety uh, and young people. So when
2: I'm not being a story Weaver for SCAN, uh, I'm a student researcher um, at the University of Edinburgh. I'm just finishing my uh, research master's this year and starting my PhD and both projects um, are about uh, climate anxiety, um, climate resilience and fictional stories. So how fictional stories for children specifically can help mitigating uh, climate anxiety, eco-anxiety uh, and promoting uh, climate uh, resilience. Um, I was interested in this topic because it combined my my work and my passion for, for writing for children and my own experience of, of surviving a climate um, disaster in my home country, Portugal. So that was the, the wildfires uh, of 2018 in Pedrago Grande. Um, unfortunately, this year, there's been more, more and more wildfires. So it's it's a problem that has been uh, afflicting my, my home country, Portugal, for a while, but it has definitely been increasing. And the 2017 and 2018 were the worst of all times. Um, I went to Pedrago Grande after the first episode of fires uh, to volunteer with the communities there to help them. Rebuild their homes, um, and when I was there, another fire struck. Um, so that definitely opened my, my eyes and my conscience to, to the problem. It took me on my own uh, climate journey. I mean, b- before that, I was only just mildly aware and concerned about about what was going on. But that took me on on my own on my own journey with climate awareness, and then anxiety and everything in in
0: between. Mm, mm. it must have been really quite a powerful experience yeah it was
2: yeah still yeah. still is that generated uh, not only anxiety in me but an an interest in, in studying uh, climate anxiety and first understanding if it was a thing and once um, knowing that it was a thing how can how can we make it better how can we improve it uh, in a in a non-highly Medicalized way and looking at a more holistic approach to, to health and what what else can we can we use that is around us to, to improve this feeling these feelings
0: of anxiety that can escalate to, to a chronic condition. Um, so yes, we, we now obviously seeing effects of climate change and not it's not just a the theoretical uh, threat. It's, I guess, not surprising that people are feeling more worried about it. Uh, and the climate anxiety, I, we see it in the, in the headlines so much. Would you be able to tell me a little bit more about what climate anxiety actually is? Is it sort of some kind of psychological disorder or is it? It's
2: not considered a disorder. Like other types of anxiety can fluctuate from from a feeling of anxiety to a chronic anxiety conditions so people have panic attacks and have higher blood pressure and um, faster heart uh, heart rates and uh, difficulty in breathing so we can evolve to something that's quite chronic and that can affect your life climate anxiety is a type of anxiety that is linked to the fear uh, of environmental collapse uh, of of habitat destruction and everything that surrounds the climate crisis so people will of course, individually link their anxiety about climate change to particular things that are probably more specific to the region where they live, uh, to what is happening around them. So people might be more concerned about migration of themselves or others. Some people might be more concerned about climate disasters, some people might be more concerned about resource scarcity, political instability, everything goes hand in hand. But once you kind of like start seeing the bigger picture, it's, it's a macro anxiety. So it's not an anxiety that is about your life. Like some people do have anxiety. There are micro anxieties about something specific like this exam or this test or or this thing that I have to do at work is really causing me anxiety. And then there's the macro anxieties about climate change
0: and wars and those things that are really escape your control. Mm. Yeah. Mm i think i've seen it defined as legitimate concern about the state of the world rather than some kind of psychological disorder i mean obviously affects us psychologically so we
2: are still to understand how the impacts of this anxiety and then stress has on the body and on the health and especially for children and young people on their own development of of their brains and that's also why why this was so interesting for me because i did study developmental psychology
0: before and it's um Certainly yes. a massive concern because obviously they're looking into a future and uh, that's yes, much exactly. a longer term picture yeah. for them and they might not be in position necessarily to do that much about it. Yeah. Yeah. So you're doing some research on using stories or literature to work with young people yeah. affected by climate anxiety, as you said. <laughs> can it help and how can it help? <laughs> Well, uh, this is still very early stages of my
2: research. I'm just working with with the theory and the methodologies. So looking at methodologies that worked with anxiety and creating resilience for other areas that are not climate specific, it proves that it works. So I'm hoping that I can show... Um, that specifically for, for climate anxiety will be successful as well because it's something stories are something that are part of the way that we think the part of the way that we relate to each other and our entertainment is something that we do for pleasure is something that we find comfort in and joy and knowledge and and testing emotions and testing uh, thoughts and, and ideas and anxieties and fears as well through through stories so I'm I'm, I'm pretty positive that um, that using stories to to explore our climate anxieties, it, it's, it's quite an, an effective tool and it's something that is accessible for everyone. That is very uh, important as well to have tools that are accessible for everyone and that promote good things like list, literacy and knowledge and interest in storytelling and education. So it's um, instead of maybe other more medicalized ways of treating anxiety, this is something that is more long lasting and that promotes a, a long life
0: learning for, for mm. children and young people. Um, so, we've got a fantastic story from Maria called, I'm not going to pronounce it, maybe you should pronounce it because it's, yeah, it's no fu- actually a Portuguese word. Nefilibatas. No Nefilibatas. No no oh, that's lovely. I, I will never be able to pronounce it. So, let's listen to the story and then we're going to come back and chat a little bit more.
1: Nefilibatas no by Maria Barros. Find a quiet and comfortable space to sit or lay down and close your eyes. This immersive and sensorial audio will tell you the story of the Nephilimatas. Are you comfortable in your clouds? Nephilimatas are creative and intelligent dreamers that have an important mission. From their clouds in the sky, they help bring balance to the planet Earth. You are part of the story and will travel on a magical journey where your imagination is essential to make decisions and embrace this adventure. As a young woman, I find it hard to discuss the climate crisis without it bringing feelings of anxiety and fear. I am aware that the next generation will have bigger challenges than the ones mine is facing now. With this audio, I want to offer children a space where the climate crisis can be seen through new lenses of imagination, empowerment, adventure, creativity and hope, without taking away its urgency. For future developments of this project, please check our page on Instagram at Story or contact us on our email nefilibatasnasnuvens at gmail.com The sound edition is by Rui Morgado and the logo by Marcia Fernandes Thank you for listening to the Nefilibatas story and I hope it makes you dream Hello Can you hear me? My name is Maria and I'm here to tell you the story of the Nefilibatas Would you like to hear it? Let me take you to where it all started we are in a river with clear waters and a little waterfall the sand is very strong bright and warm so warm that it is almost impossible to not get in the water would you like to get in the water with me let's go the fresh water feels very good in your skin Can you hear the birds singing? The sunbeams are creating a rainbow in the waterfall. Can you see it? I spot red, yellow and blue. Can you smell the fresh scent of the river? If you look with more attention You might also spot orange, indigo, and violet. Can you smell the jasmine flowers growing by the river? They smell so lovely. I hope that you're feeling nice and relaxed. That's exactly how the first ever Nufli Bada felt in this exact same river Many, many years ago. If you look the word nflibata in the dictionary, you'll find that nflibata is a cloud walker, someone that lives in the clouds of their own imagination and dreams. But nflibata is much more than that. The first ever nflibata was called Waterfall Wanita. She loved to come here and play in the waterfall, collect pretty stones from the river and swim after the fast little fishes. Sometimes, she would float on the water with her arms and legs open and close her eyes. That's when the dreams would come. All types of dreams. One day, she was floating in the river and something special happened. It was very, very hot that day, and do you know what happens to the water on very hot days? It can evaporate and turn into a cloud. And that's exactly what happened. The sun kissed the water under her and turned it into a cloud. Waterfall Anita felt the texture of the water changing, first with her hands, then with her feet, and finally with her whole body the water had become a cloud. Slowly, that cloud started rising to the sky, taking Waterfall Juanita with it. When she opened her eyes, all Waterfall Juanita could see was blue. She was already in the middle of the sky. It's an exciting feeling to be up in the sky on top of a cloud She knew it was the beginning of a new adventure. Travelling the skies in her cloud, Waterfall Wanita became the first ever Nefilibata. Years passed by and today there are many Nefilibatas riding their clouds in the sky. The Nefilibatas are creative and intelligent dreamers and they have an important mission. From their clouds in the sky, they help bring balance to the planet Earth. But we'll get back to that. For now, let's make you part of the team. Would you like to be in Flibata? I will tell you everything you need to know. Firstly, we need to find your Flibata's name. A name that suits the clouds. Tell me. What do you dream about? In bed at night or during the day when your thoughts run free, what is it that you see? What do you dream? Have you found it? Whatever it is, it's perfect. It's your special Nuflibatas power. Now, can you find a word that describes it? Try to add that word before your name. For example, we know that Vanita used to go by the waterfall. Float in the water and dream. And that is why her Nuflibata's name is Waterfall Juanita. My name is Maria and my Nuflibata's name is Marzia Maria. Marzia is a Portuguese word that means the smell of the sea. And that says all about me. I love the sound of the waves dancing along the stream and the magical mermaid tales that make me dream. But I can give you some more examples. My friend Linwood cooks scrumptious food, so his Nufflebutter's name is Cake Linwood. Cake Linwood loves to bake. His favorite dessert is carrot cake. I'd also like you to meet my friend Joe. If he has an idea, he gives it a go. With colors and paper, the paintings just flow. His Neflibata's name is Colorful Joe. And what about you? What is your Neflibata's name? That's a lovely name. Welcome aboard, Neflibata. Now that we have your Nflibata's name, let me tell you a bit more about what we do. The Nuflibatash travel up in the skies in their clouds. Some Nflibatas let the wind guide their cloud along the sky. But you can also decide yourself where to ride your clouds. It's your choice. Each Nflibata has their own cloud one that is different from everyone else's. You also have a cloud, your own special cloud. It can be warm or fresh, bouncy, fast, fluffy, slow, small, big. It's up to you and your imagination. My cloud is warm and steamy like a bath. It smells of strawberries. Flies slow in the skies and has the color of my eyes. What about your cloud? Is it warm or cold? Is it bouncy like a trampoline? Soft like a blanket? Or something else? Is it big or small? Does your cloud fly fast in the sky? Or slow? Or both? What's the color of your cloud? How does your cloud smell like? I love this smell. Now that we have your Nflibata's name and your own special cloud, it's time to talk about something important. The Nflibata's mission. I'm sure you heard before about pollution and how it is changing the climate of our planet. Pollution is caused only by humans' action, but it affects all Earth. And I don't think that's very fair for all the creatures that live there. Some forests are getting dry, no rain coming from the sky to stop the fire on the trees. What will we do about this? And the animals who used to live there, with no home, should go where? We all need veggies to be strong, but when it doesn't rain for very long, the farmers can't make them grow. So, what should they do? That's when the skies call for you. If the farm is dry or the forest animals are in pain, the nephilimatas come in their clouds and make their clouds rain. Your Nflibata's mission is simple, take your special cloud somewhere that needs rain. The wind can help you with the direction, for he knows the skies like the palm of his hand. So if you don't know where to go, just ask the wind to blow and he'll take you to a dry land. The way Nflibatas make their clouds rain depends on each cloud. other clouds you need to jump on top of them to make them rain but all clouds are different to make mine rain I need to bury my feet in the center of the clouds it's very ticklish and then it rains and what about you how do you make your cloud rain when the clouds rain, the Nuflibatash feel all the happiness in the world. Up from the sky we can see the veggies growing and the green of each tree, the animals celebrating and the farmers harvesting the wheat, the colorful waterfalls shining with a rainbow at their feet. The Nefilibatas feel so joyful for doing well their part that sometimes their clouds gain the shape of a heart so if you're looking at the sky and see a cloud with a heart shape you know that a nflibata has fulfilled their fate thank you for joining me in this important mission you're doing a great job keep dreaming and riding your cloud welcome to the team nflibata Hello, Neflivata! Are you comfortable in your clouds? Sometimes clouds are a good place to listen to a story. Would you like to hear a story? Very well. I'll tell you the story of a Neflivata that couldn't find his place in the blue skies. His name was Wandering Wheel. He had this name because his dreams and imagination would often finish in the form of a question. No matter what the subject, wondering Will would always wonder. Why? And Heath pursued the answers all the way up to the sky. He loved to study and he loved to read and at every new answer another question would appear. But when it was time to fly on his cloud and make it rain, no matter how much he wondered, all his efforts were in vain. He had tried everything already, from books to other Nflibata's technique, but his cloud was never ready to even rain a little bit. The question marks in his dreams started to slowly become suspension points. Science and books didn't seem as fun as before, and his heart didn't ask questions anymore. Wondering Will was feeling tired and sad, so he let his cloud hover in the air. And that's how his cloud started to rise more and more, higher than any other did before. He got to the highest point in the sky, where the moon is so big and the moonlight is so bright that it feels like it's day even when it is night. A little creature from the high sky found him there. She had the size of a hand and was leaning on her wee cloud. She said, If your cloud came all the way up here, it's because you may have stopped dreaming. She fluttered with her weak cloud and landed on his hand. Wondering Will had never seen such a sweet tiny creature. She smelled like lilac flowers and her cloud was warm in his hand. Tell me your story. Asked the little creature, and Wandering Will told her how he loved to learn new things and was always wondering why, but he couldn't make his cloud rain for as much as he tried. After hearing his story, she offered Wandering Will a lilac soft petal. She told him. Fly in the moon's direction until the morning rises the sun, then you'll see, down in the land, lilac flowers that smell and look like this petal. Follow them from the sky, they will start to be more and more, until they completely cover the floor. Soon, petals will be flying everywhere, down in the land and up in the air, that means that you're very close. There's a wooden house in the middle of the flowers. Once you find it, get down from your cloud and knock at the door. You'll find all the answers that you're looking for. Wandering Will thanked the tiny creature and flew in the direction of the moon until the morning. The first lilac appeared with the first sunbeam and its strong scent quickly perfused the skies. In the middle of the sea of flowers, there was, as promised, the wooden house. Wandering Will tied his red shoelaces around his cloud and carried it like a balloon as he got down. He walked to the house and knocked one, two, three times. And then waited. Opened the door a Granny with a tender smile and a hat he found funny. Just from seeing him standing there in the entrance rug, the granny understood his troubles and gave him a big hug. They got inside the house and the granny offered him tea. They talked and she laughed loudly. He he hee. Wondering, Will was surprised with the granny's advice. You need to go to the other side of the world. Here there are flowers, sand, and a warm breeze. You need to go where the air would freeze. As much as I am sweet and old, you, my son, belong to the cold. It is a long way to get far from the heat, but in the end it will all be worth it. Just this time, Wondering will didn't ask why and the two of them took their time saying goodbye it was in this very moment that wandering will acknowledged that trust can be as important as knowledge wandering will traveled many miles in the sky feeling the air get colder as the months passed by Following Granny's advice, he saw rivers and seas become ice and the beautiful mountains get covered in snow, and if it was ever too cold, he'd cuddle his cloud and warm with its glow. Wandering Will found peace in the infinite white, and exciting new dreams would come every night. In this side of the world there was so much to learn, so many wonderful things to understand. Until one day, wondering will heard something really scary. He leaned on his cloud to see what was happening down there. A family of polar bears was crying in despair. The ice had melted in between them. And the strong steam made it very hard to cross. They were separated from each other the mama bear and the daddy bear on one side and the two baby bears on the other. Wondering Will knew he had to help this family fast for that remaining ice wouldn't last and the space in between them would continue to grow so he took a deep breath and told his clouds to snow. His clouds did so and as if it was magic little white flakes started to show. Wandering Will had never felt so excited. He asked his cloud to snow in full strength and speed. And so his cloud did. And it only stopped when the water between the bears was frozen again. The family got back together, running as fast as they could go. And between hugs they thanked Wandering Will for the snow. Wandering Will couldn't believe it. After all, nothing was wrong. Of course his cloud didn't rain. It was supposed to snow all along. He felt thankful for his journey and for all the things he learned in the way. Wandering Will still lives happy today in the coldest skies that need snow. Always making new friends with a curiosity that never ends. And if some night a longing feeling hits there's always warmth in the perfume of the lilac petal he keeps and that's how our story ends thank you for listening dear nflibata i hope you leave many adventures in your cloud traveling the bluest skies in your nflibata's journey i believe you will find other challenges than bringing rain and snow to our planet. But remember, there is no challenge that Nflibata cannot overcome with imagination and dedication. And if you struggle to find a solution, you can always close your eyes and get back to your cloud, where every challenge is an adventure and things can be seen from a different perspective. Good dreams, Nflibata
2: hi i'm still here <laughs> <Yeah>. still joanna <laughs>
1: hi i'm still yeah. here i'm
2: still pa- kashka <laughs> partner pa- pa- fully
0: now but still myself oh yes <laughs> yes we have been on the journey haven't we yeah. that was pretty special um so i just wanted to i'm um, quite curious what is your nephil name and uh, color and shape and how does your cloud work Ah, okay, so my bought the name is Journeying
2: Joanna. My cloud is made of pillows, comfortable pillows. They are kind of like cool pillows. Um, like when you put your like head in a pillow, that is like kind of cool because it's, it's new and it has been washed and it, it smells clean. Uh, so that was like how my cloud came to me. It's just made of clean pillows and just smelling generally like, like clean. Um, how do I make it rain? So I jump on it. I jump on it. I jump on my fort <laughs> of pillows, uh, and I make it
0: rain. Very very energetic. Yeah, and it's blue. It's blue. Blue yeah. pillows. Wonderful. Yep. I think I, I was just thinking about what my Nephilimutters cloud and name might be. My name is Buzzing Kashka, <laughs> and my cloud is the meadow. So lots and lots of different flowers, and I make. Um, Make it rain by buzzing like a bee. Okay. That should be fun, shouldn't it? (laughs) That should be fun. Yeah. I think so. Um so um did you enjoy listening to the story and what did you enjoy most about it? I absolutely loved it.
2: I love the the participation like elements of it and how it makes you yeah, find your own name and your cloud. Like that's you know, for for kids is amazing and for adults as well. And it's something that I really like about stories is inserting yourself in it. So I really uh, enjoyed that element and I mean everything about it was just a lovely story like I listened to it like a couple of times um, and I thought different things every time I I didn't hear it um, it's that it definitely give you feelings of like empowerment you know in, in a magical way I mean I think we we all when we are in a In a place of of despair of powerlessness we all like wish i I wish i had magical powers i wish that i could just like look at something and that would move that would explode or i would make it rain like i could solve this problem with with something magic you know And, and it really appeals to that very primal desire that we have to be problem solvers as humans and to the fantastic element of it like how creative and innovative we are that you know, if we see a problem and you know you want to make it rain, you're gonna find a way, mm. not through magic, but you know some other way. Yeah. But the um, imagination is the start of it. So,
0: I really liked um, the format, and I just really enjoyed the beginning of the story. It made me so relaxed, so so obviously I was much more so receptive to go on a journey. It was just quite a surprise that because I was just listening to it. To listen to it so that I can um, see whether it needs any editing but yeah it sucked me in <laughs> it's yeah, great yeah. and I like the ending as well emphasizing everybody's got their own little space that you can't really you don't necessarily know what you um, can contribute yeah. but you've got your own unique space that you can make a difference in and if everybody uses their own spaces yeah, um, it has a lovely message. Does. Yeah, I love that. This is sort of creating sense of agency and sense of, yes, I, I can actually do something. So obviously it's really lovely to listen to as an individual. And um, I can imagine people just listening to it or using it at home, maybe with uh, with their own kids. But um, as a community group, how would you see uh, people maybe using that to make a difference in their communities?
2: I think you can definitely use this with groups of, of children, and even adults, um, the, the same way that you have like a book club, you know, that everyone in this case listens to the same story and then they have a little discussion about it. The approach that I use, technique that's borrowed from narrative therapy, that is a, a triangle between story, experience and reflection. And what happens in the in this space is that like, you, so you look at a story you compare it or associate it like put it next to your personal experience and then you have a reflection about it and i think it's
0: it's a very powerful space to to work with for younger kids i, I think uh, maybe even drawing the story or their their journey and yeah. discussing stuff like that yeah. together because they perhaps are not as good at a discussion component oh, but no, they've course, got imagination
2: yeah. By creating their own character and what their character is going to do, what their cloud is going to do, where is it needed, uh, they might have seen some story on TV that worried them or something that they might have seen in their in their community and their region region happen that worry them. It might be pollution in a river or it might be uh, drought or, or something. They will automatically think, "Oh, I would go to that." Forest to that place, and I would do this. I would help that animal mm-hmm. um, and that is quite um so uh, that could be a
0: nice way to lead into them, then maybe deciding to do something yes uh, in their own little mm-hmm. um space yeah. Yeah. and um, that they yeah. can actually achieve yeah. and feel like they made a difference, I Yeah, think. exactly. Yeah. And team up and so be nice. like a team yeah. of Nephilimbatas, yeah. all
2: their clods together, going somewhere. But also this this message of like everyone has their own contribution to make. I think it's really, really, really good for kids. Um, yeah. For everyone, really, but for kids.
0: So do, would you have any other advice on using stories like this, especially with younger children? Um. Well, you know, first of all, use
2: them, read them to your kids, have them reading them and and ask them about it, you know, like uh, discuss them with them because that's something that sometimes we don't do enough. Like children, they love talking about themselves, they love talking about what they like and talking about stories make the stories even more relevant, more permanent, like the messages that you take from stories, um, the ideas that you get from stories become
0: more permanent if you talk to them a little bit more good good advice so this is just one story do you have any you know one or two good resources anything off the top of your head just now that's good i highly recommend
2: three stories three books that i've um, read recently for my research i absolutely loved so these are for the older children so this is middle grade fiction like eight to twelve you can read it to younger children maybe read it yourself because then Younger children, like six or seven, might be at this reading level, but they might not. So if they're not, you can read it with them. One of them is called by Ash Oaken Thorn by Melissa Harrison. Orphans of the Tide is a trilogy by Stuart Murray. I actually have it here as well. And another one is City of Rust by Emma Fowler. They're great fun and good good to talk about, like the hidden meanings in it. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thanks, Maria, for the... For the beautiful Nefelibata Nif- story, it really took me on a journey. I'm um, looking forward to listening to it again and to share it um, with with other people. Um, yeah, share it with my with my little friends, my nephews and my nieces.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Maria. Thanks, Joanna, <laughs> for yeah. allowing me to come and invade your lovely home. This is very exciting because we're starting to be able to do face-to-face interviews and. Um, It's sort of nice to chat together and have two story weavers together as well. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Hey guys! We're gonna record the birds for a bit. What's that? So this white one
2: that is in house arrest for the moment, it's called Coco because she's a troublemaker. Um, they're budgies, they're parakeets. And these two baby ones are called Comet and Calypso. So they're new to the flock and they had just been introduced about a month ago. So they're getting to know each other. Do you like hearing my voice, babies? Little rascals.
0: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a like and maybe even a review. It will really help us reach a wider audience. If something exciting is happening in your own community, be sure to let us know so that we can help you tell your own story. Or maybe you would like to join our brand new Storyteller Collective. You can drop our Story Weavers a line at stories at scottishcommunitiescan.org.uk. To keep up to date, check out our website at scottishcommunities.org.uk or find us on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. Or simply sign up to the newsletter.